0: you banks would say uh, get education as cheaply as possible and this is probably the cheapest you'll be able to get get it uh, just have uh, have to uh, spend the time with us this evening uh, the other comment that I'll make and implies uh, maybe some of us on the stage our comments and opinion are are our own and do not represent or are not representative of our current or prior employer so we ask that you please keep that in mind. Uh, as you hear us comment and, and give you our opinion, our raw opinion, not with any sort of hidden or background agenda uh, on, on there. So please keep that in mind. And then the last thing I'll say is on the top left of your screen where it says Fireside Chat, there's a little green house. If you're not a member of our Fireside Chat, click that little green house. You can join our club. Uh, what does that give you uh it gives you a, it gives you the schedule so that you can see who's coming up next and, and subsequent weeks and it also allows you to listen to the playbacks from prior weeks uh, and as well as today if you want to listen to it if you missed something or you found something very critical and interesting uh, so feel free to share this there's little options there you can share you can chat with us in the uh in the room chat feel free to use that if you don't want to jump up on stage and ask a question you can use that and we'll read off your question on stage. But without further ado, I'm just going to go around the room. Talia, we'll leave you for last. So I'm I'm Tomas. I was going to say Octavia. I was going to say I'm Octavia. <laughs> I'm not Octavia. I am Tomas Maldonado. I am the CISO for the National Football League. Uh, Octavia, over to you.
1: Hey, Tomas, thank you. I'm Octavia Howell. I'm the CISO for Equifax Canada. And as Tomas said, my opinions are mine and mine alone. And uh, I am happy to be here, I'm happy to welcome Ta- uh, Talia over to Clubhouse, over to you, Anil.
2: Thanks, Octavia, Anil Varghese, I'm a virtual CISO, serving uh, as leadership for a firm out here in the U.S., as well as one in the U.K., on to you, Katie.
3: Hi, good evening, everybody, I'm Katie Hanahan, I'm the Vice President of Cybersecurity Strategy and uh, VCISO and run our VCISO program at IT Savvy. Back to you, Tomas.
0: Oh, you all are very, very efficient and succinct this evening. So look, without further ado, we're joined by Talia Parker, who has a number of different things that, that she has done in her career, if you've, if you've ever looked up on LinkedIn. Uh, she's most recently at, at an engineer for privacy, safety, and security at Google, uh, but she's also a founder and executive director at Black Girls and Cyber. So really interested in having a great conversation with with Talia Parker this evening. Uh, So Talia, why don't you take a few minutes? I know I read off the titles, but why don't you take a few minutes to really introduce yourself? And while you're doing that, why don't we just jump into the conversation
4: and why don't you tell us a little bit more about your origin story? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that introduction um my origin stories actually kind of long but um i'll definitely take the opportunity to share here um and i'll leave the rest for any questions later and we
0: we like long uh, so don't worry about as don't worry about being long <laughs> Just okay it.
4: Okay, awesome. Great. So just a little bit about my background. I'm actually uh, a Jamaican. I was born in Montego Bay, Jamaica, and my family and I migrated to the U.S. when I was younger. And um, I had the opportunity to um, culturally, (laughs) right, um, you have very few options in terms of like what you become when you get older. Um, things like doctor, lawyer, maybe teacher, you know, um, those were like really the, the buckets and categories created for me. And so when I went off to college, I went to Florida AM University, HBCU, um, if there's any rattlers um, in here. <laughs> and I actually ended up changing my major a couple times because. Um, I went there to do pharmacy, right, um, and uh, I took, I was, like, a very, I guess, uh, academically, uh, overachiever throughout my under, um, my, uh, grade years, and I took all the honors and all the AP classes, and I always made, like, straight A's and things like that, so I was very confident about doing this whole pharmacy gig. And then I took a class in chemistry, and that really changed the game for me. I was like, okay, this college chemistry was a lot different from um, high school AP chemistry. So I don't know where the disconnection was, but um, that definitely uh, changed things for me. And uh, so I it took I took some time to really figure out what did I like, and because I couldn't figure that out, I really settled on business, and so I got my bachelors in business, and was like, okay, I'll figure out the rest later. Um, I've always saw people, do, you know, who did like computer science and um, you know, technology related courses, but it never I never found it appealing because I never really saw. People who look like me um, in those spaces, and it just didn't seem exciting. Because even though I'm like introverted, I'm also like a, a people person, and uh, and so I, I didn't see that kind of representation. So I, I just kind of turned away from that as an option. I did go on to get my master's in international business from Nova Southeastern University. And um, this was while I was doing my study abroad. I, I, you know, worked in Shanghai, China for three months doing uh, all types of things. Um, Corporate responsibility and um, just working with different uh, government government initiatives. Um, And I also... The following year, did uh Sydney, Australia, and so I was so convinced that I would probably end up somewhere abroad, <laughs> doing something you know, um, international business related. Um, but then I came back to the states and relocated to Atlanta with my college sweetheart at the time, who had aspirations to become a chiropractor and marry me <laughs> at the same time. So uh, I relocated to Atlanta. I am on the journey feeling like I have what I want to do with uh, my future and also as a millennial it was a time where job opportunities just it was not what we thought it would be when we graduated (laughs) so there was that piece of it and then I had a peer mentor who at the time she was a consultant for Um, a boutique consulting firm called Sonera. I think now they're called Focal Point Data. And she said to me, hey, have you ever heard of uh, data privacy? And I said, no, I don't really know what that is. And so she started to share some resources with me. I learned about the IAPP, um, went there, did some networking. and. Uh, she told me, Hey, if you want to transition, I can help you get an internship with my consulting firm. And so I quit my job, which I totally hated. I was doing some banking related uh, work. And um, I quit my full time job and actually ended up having to move to Miami, Florida from Atlanta for four months to take a, a four month internship. And so there was when it, the journey really truly began. Um, I started learning about all of these different regs like HIPAA at the time, Safe Harbor, um, how to do privacy risk assessments, how to like write policies and um, training and awareness. So there were like all of these really basic um, uh, foundational things that I started to learn. Um, and, you know, I, I wanted to move back to Atlanta at the end of the internship. So I didn't get an opportunity to, um, work with them full-time. But that experience was just enough um, experience that I needed to attract all of the big four consulting firms. And so I then uh, took an opportunity to work with Deloitte. And surprisingly, Deloitte had this amazing um, portfolio of services that they provided in which privacy fell under their cybersecurity umbrella. And so that really kind of threw me into the cybersecurity side of things. And so my very first project, I was asked to write a system security plan. I had no idea what I was doing. It was this massive document, <laughs> and it it was like both like in a doc, and there was like a spreadsheet, and there were like all these different um, artifacts that um, you know kind of attached to all of it. And Um, I learned about NIST 853 and it was like all of the security domains and it was very intimidating. (laughs) But nevertheless, I, I stepped up to the challenge and I completely kind of knocked the ball out of the park for my first project. And I ended up doing so good with that project that the partner would not let me go, literally. He kept me on all of his projects doing similar work, and which created an opportunity for me to get really good at it. Um, and that was really my introduction to security, which was I found to be <clears throat> an easy introduction because it required me to meet with so many stakeholders to understand how the business was meeting some of these very baseline um, security requirements. And I found it so fascinating. I learned about so many tools and technology. And um, that really sparked an interest and passion in security for me. And then I had an opportunity to create these CISO labs you know, CISO labs are when, you know, we would bring in our top CISO clients and um, I would literally do uh, like the strategic planning and really understand how organizations build um, or kind of like create uh, what, you know, their security posture, you know, what their maturity levels were and understanding what they cared about, what the stakeholders um, care, cared about as well for the organization. And then I just really loved it at that point i knew that's exactly where i wanted to be so that was my sweet spot so i i said to myself hey i want to make sure i'm credentialed in this thing that you know when i meet with clients when i meet with people i know what i'm talking about and so i started looking into opportunities to um educate myself and i applied to brown university um they have a master's of Cybersecurity program And so I did two and a half years going through that program. They had a residential session. It was structured perfectly. And I had the opportunity to really build on the working knowledge that I was getting in consulting. And then after that, I wanted to do some industry work. And so I um, ended up having an opportunity to work with Nike, uh, which was very exciting. It was just amazing uh, to just learn everything I could. Um, I, I was mostly on the privacy side of the house while I was there, but um, I really, really enjoyed how closely um, privacy and security work together in that kind of environment, um, how we kind of tag team meetings. And it was just so, you know, uh, very interesting and very rewarding uh, to build those kind of relationships with our stakeholders partnering that way. So that was also a great experience for me and um during my time at nike i became a mom and so um that also was an interesting time right um i really felt like i was getting to the height of my career and then motherhood unexpectedly came into the picture which i absolutely i'm so grateful for and i'm better for it um but it did have me to take a, a bit of a pause, right? Because in in those roles, I was traveling a ton, and I couldn't really travel as much as I was before. So I I came back to Atlanta, and I had another great opportunity to work as a, a security architect at Georgia Technology Research Institute. And if many of you are not aware, it's um. It's a component of uh, Georgia Tech the University. They function very much like a small consulting arm of the university, um, solving a lot of um, if, you know federal and state uh, problems, right? And so, I had an opportunity to work along very smart people doing very interesting work, and um, that was my first introduction to the cloud, right? And then I fell in love with that, <laughs> um, and after doing some of that work, Google comes knocking at my door. (laughs) And I said, okay, this seems very interesting. Um, And I was even more excited because uh, I knew it was an opportunity for me to stay here in Atlanta. Um, With being a mother, I did not want to have to, you know, uh, a new mom, fairly new mom, I didn't want to have to relocate uh, so, so quickly. So, now I am an engineer at Google doing uh, a number of things. Um, and of course, we all know when the entire world shut down in 2020, um, we were all working from home remotely. And uh, while I always knew that as a Black woman working in this space, I, I kind of got comfortable with the idea that I would always be the only woman in the room or the only you know minority. Um, you know, uh, all the way around really. Um, and, but doing those video meetings, it was just really like in my face that, wow, I really am the only one in the room. And so I just wanted to do something about that. So I created Black Girls in Cyber. It started off as Facebook series and it just really grew into, a. something so beautiful that I now get to share with other board members and so you know my nine to five is google and outside of work I do black girls in cyber and of course as a mom and wife and so I'm really enjoying the season that I'm in and my journey has just been very rewarding um, along the way so I'll stop there that was my long long very long intro
0: Oh, that was awesome. So much to unpack there. So, so I appreciate I appreciate you uh, sort of taking us through through that. Um, and I and I uh, I can definitely appreciate uh, the sort of sentiment around uh, being the only minority. Uh, maybe not being the only woman because that's not what I am. But I do recognize being the, being the only minority in a room. So I can definitely. Uh, uh, I can definitely relate to that. So, uh, Octavia, I'll pass it over to you and let's keep this conversation going.
1: Absolutely. Hey, so um, thanks for the story, Talia. I'm really, really interested and I have an unfair advantage in this situation, so I'm not gonna utilize my advantage, Um, but um, I just really want you to dig in a little bit in how black girls in cyber went from just Facebook and just, you know, you kind of interviewing your friends to what it is now. And could you explain a little bit on what exactly it is now?
4: Yes. Wow. Um, So let's see. And I also see uh, Zanette on the call. She's also on the board. So I'm really happy (laughs) that she's here. Um, But So to add on Black Girls in Cyber, in 2020, I started the Facebook Live series and I said, hey, you know, let me invite four amazing Black women in my circle to just share their journey into security. Because one of the things that I immediately realized um, is that people didn't really know what I do. (laughs) And it was actually really hard to explain, you know, to someone who was not in the space. So I was like, okay, let me... You know let's create some more awareness around what this is and the best way to do that was to invite different people to show just how different it can be and so i you know i thought that was the eas- easiest way to do it and so we got a lot of um a, a lot of interest on on the facebook lives it was so many questions and I, you know, I'm like, okay, let's, let me try and do some mentorship, right, so that I can address all of these questions. Turns out the volume was so much, it was really overwhelming. And I almost became discouraged because I was like, there's no way I can help <laughs> this many people or answer some, all, all of these questions, right? And so in 2021, I did, you guys may have heard of Share the Mic in Cyber, um, led by Camille Stewart, who is also, um, uh, uh, she works at Google um, within security and uh, Lauren, uh who works for the uh, harper belfer um, center and so they create this amazing campaign where um black security professionals will partner with allies and they will amplify our voices across their social media platform and so my ally said to me hey you know why don't you just you know create a nonprofit organization you're already doing the work you can get more support if you create a legitimate organization. And so I never really liked the idea of creating a nonprofit organization. It just seemed like so much work and work I did not think I had the time for. But having his guidance and just really having him remove some of that, those barriers or like my, my thoughts about what it would be, uh, That I found that very helpful and he just kind of coached me on it and then I partnered with women uh, who had similar organizations or who were doing similar things to uh, get their input and support. And I went ahead and started gathering folks who I thought would be great to join the board I went ahead and applied for our 501c3 status and so we got that in June and then we really got the ball rolling we I think we the September we ended up launching our inaugural cohort right for security where we bring in 10 different um, women of color. And for a seven month period, they are partnered with a mentor um, who is already working in the security space. Uh, we received many donations to sponsor the um, resources that they needed. So, whether they were using TriHackMe, uh, we purchased their CompTIA Security Plus exam vouchers. Um, and we do a lot of strategic partnerships with organizations like INE or Cloud Academy to get them hands-on access to um, build your learning and also working on strategic partnerships to help our uh, fellows land um, internships or full-time employment opportunities. And the security track is just one aspect of it. We are launching our inaugural privacy track um, as well. And hopefully everything work out with the partner that we are anticipating to help us launch that. Um, and then in the future, we hope to open up a path for product management in software, um, software engineering. And we are doing really well. We're growing very quickly. We have a lot of support. Um, I could not be happier that this thing that I envisioned and feeling just you know disappointed that I would not be able to help as many people as I would like to, and now it's just something so beautiful um, with so many partners and allies um, who's working together to solve for the security talent gap and while also addressing the diversity issue as well. So it's a great space to be in.
1: Awesome.
2: Thanks, Talia. I'm going to pass it over to Anil. Thanks, Octavia. Talia, one of the the great things you mentioned, uh, you're talking about your origin story, was the fact that you had a lot of international experiences and opened the doors for that path uh, to look into security and privacy. Uh, Tell us about some of that exposure that you had early on that help shape and mold where you wanted to go and also conveying that to to folks you come across was blackers on cyber or others who are looking for guidance in that path.
4: Yes. Uh, so my international experience, funny enough, I I thought when I started to pursue the world of security, that my study abroad programs, they were not tailored to security or privacy or anything really in that realm. And so I didn't understand the value that it would have added in my interviews. But surprisingly enough, um, when I interviewed, uh, especially earlier on for, for my opportunity with Deloitte, they were very interested in a lot of the study abroad experiences that I had, just being able to put yourself in, um, in, in, uh, in an environment where English isn't the first language, right? So that, that was one and learning how to really navigate in. And also I'm the kind of person when I travel, I, i like to really get a feel of the culture i love to really learn and understand different cultures and maybe that's because i was born (laughs) in another country um but I, i really enjoyed that and i think it builds character it um there's a lot of soft skills that comes from these type of experiences, learning how to respect, you know, uh, differences and how to value different input and um, and thoughts and contributions. And I think that built my confidence level as well. It made me feel like I could talk to anybody um, because I it, I learned so much of my about myself in those experiences um, and the relationships. Um, it actually was one of the key opportunities that helped me to get the self-awareness around my ability to build and maintain relationships uh, with almost anybody. Um, that was my initial introduction to that. and. Uh, it just made me comfortable. Um, I'm very much like a people person, uh, especially if I have an opportunity to get someone in an intimate setting. Uh, I really like to, to get to know people. And so that always works to my advantage. And so I think taking that experience and bringing it over to the world of security is what has helped me to be successful on the job. Because... And I don't know what everyone on this call, what your role looks like on the day, you know, um, from day to day. But I'm required to work with a lot of different stakeholders who have different values or they have different levels of focus. And being able to navigate some of that has really worked to my advantage when it comes to accomplishing some of the tasks that I have at hand. So I, I would say that's how all of that kind of worked together for me.
2: Oh, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. I think we share similar experiences as I, you know, I, get, I got engaged with a lot of heavy international work early on and it helped shape my perspective. So thanks for sharing. And I think that's something that you typically wouldn't get early on or uh, in general for folks who go the cyber path. So it's a privacy path because you get that view of how to approach not only the issue, but people. So thanks for that. On to you, Katie.
3: Yeah, thank you. And it's it's interesting that you asked that question, and know, because um, I uh, I was honing in on that. And I, my, I have a follow up question, but um, my background is is interest, interesting in that way, too. And just that early on the study abroad piece, I wasn't a, a student. I was a foreign aid worker. But for me, bringing that. Um, cultural experience and being able to put yourself in an environment where English isn't. Your, I, I remember having whole conversations with people and really having to understand body language and developing um, the, the soft, soft skills that you um, described. And the question I, I was going to ask, I just I added that piece because I also noticed that you created CISO labs when you were during your time at Deloitte. Um, I have always appreciated those experiences. And when you shared a little bit more about your uh, foreign experience, I understood why you were probably so successful at it. Um, Those kind of environments for me have been such a benefit in my career. I'd love to understand from you. Um, it sounds like they were really successful for you during your time there in running those same type of um, panels or um, or roundtables um, on a, a fairly regular basis. I'd love to understand a little bit more from you on what, how are you able to moderate an event like that and really get to the you know the deep understanding of where their security posture is and what they care about. Um, I would love to you know a little bit more advice on how to um, create an agenda or an environment that you're really getting the, the information that, that you need to be able to bring back to the industry?
4: Yeah, no, that's a great um, question. I think for me, you know, in, in client services, and um, by the way, this is uh, not speaking on behalf of any <laughs> any organization. These are just my, my thoughts, my opinions, and, and beliefs from my personal experience. Um, so I you know, usually when you're in consulting, you're, you're given this project and you know that it's really sales, right? You always want to get more work and you go in with this frame of mind that you, you know, you want to kind of find what's wrong so you can sell to it. Right. And so that can often come off very, not very pleasant, right. Um, because you you want to be able to, speak to what the real need is. And I think for me, having the perspective of not just doing the, what most would retur- um, say grunt work <laughs> and having an opportunity to see what happens on the strategic side of the house really changed how I approached all of my projects going forward because especially as a CISO, I realized that you have so many stakeholders that, um have different priorities, you know, in the business, and sometimes they don't understand how your priority plays into theirs, and that was like the consistent theme <laughs> that that I we realized. So, taking the approach of you know creating whatever framework that you know works for you know different organizations. Um, and really taking the time to walk through these different domains, you know, that you consider a priority in the security space and learning about the security posture and really taking the time to create a more inclusive environment where whether it's legal your chief privacy officer finance that's a big one (laughs) the cfo like all of these different stakeholders giving them a seat at the table to really see how this really affects everyone's bottom line i think that was the bigger value and understanding that it was uh, a very big relationship piece of it you know a lot of times the challenge was the communication, like how you customize your messaging to speak the language of the other person. And so that was another thing that stuck out to be as a consistent theme for a lot of CISOs and how how do you get the buy-in? How do you get the funding that you need, especially um, you know, talent was always the big piece, right? Not being able to retain your people that you need to do with the jobs uh, that you need them to do because, you know, you're not able to maybe promote or, you know, give all these different incentives that are needed in this space. And so I, I think creating a, a much more vulnerable space for us to tackle all of that and to really talk strategy, it, it just kind of changed, it completely shifted the mindset and realized that it was really a collective effort Um, for the entire organization versus just my work versus yours, right? My priorities versus yours. Um, So I think that was the bigger value for me. So it changes the tone when I approach my stakeholders, if they have something I need, or if I need their buy-in on something to push it forward. I I really try to see um, how they can feel valued and a part of the process and understand how my work impact theirs in a very positive way. But also being honest about how it can hurt, you know, all of us if, you know, I don't get the buying I need. So yeah, and it, it just gave me a different level of respect when I went and met with clients, because now I understood that I can't just sell to one person. I'm really selling to many people, um, and so to take the approach where um, you know I, I present uh, these different, um, uh, you know, um, output like whatever the strategy is in a way where it translates over to everyone else.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that, and I love too that you had said you had a lot of success in bringing privacy and security together and working on projects and. Um, that's something that I think all of us um, run into in a fair a fair amount of uh, our time. So <laughs> appreciate that as well. And um, if you have, a, do you have anything extra to share on the privacy security piece working together? Um,
4: well, I just think you know your stakeholders are happier because a lot of times we appear to be blockers for whatever it is they're trying to do. And um, to be honest, you know, most times whether it's like marketing or um, whatever division they're helping to generate income, right to the to the to the business. And so, I I really think think if security and privacy have a more unified front, it's less time that they have to spend. It's less meetings that they have to spend with us, you know. Um, so I think it's good if we can partner sometimes and attend meetings together, for example, or share information so that we're not bombarding different teams with similar questions or meetings that can be beneficial to both security and privacy. I think that's usually um, the bigger benefit that I see um, working closely with, with privacy and security. It's like getting the business and different stakeholders to be more receptive of the goals that we're trying to achieve.
3: I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. You know how in 80s movies, there was always that slow clap at the end? That's what I'm doing right now, that's slow clap.
1: No, that's amazing. She no. does not know what you're talking about. I, I
3: know, I'm like, she's a millennial, I know, but no, don't, I, don't they watch I know, them I know still? The I don't, I know the come on, I know. thank you, thank you. Yeah, so with, the, no, I just really, I I, uh, I celebrate that. Uh, that's how um, people who are Gen Xers, uh, that's how we celebrate. Nice slow clap. Um, so no, thank <laughs> you for that. It's it's encouraging. And I really appreciate um, your perspective here. So um, with that, uh, I don't know who wants to do the room room reset. I don't know, Octavia or Tomas. I'll, I'll... I think we
1: pass it back over to Tomas. Okay, Tomas, over to you. Sir. We call it a golf clap. We don't know that it's in the 80s, but we just call it yeah. a
3: golf clap. Well, that's the equivalent of my dad joke. And by the way, I presented my entire company yesterday, Tomas. And I delivered one of the best dad jokes ever. And hey. no one laughed until I said, wow, that didn't really land. Hey, don't, <laughs>
1: don't fall into the sauce. Smash. I mean, I'm he, out. Rubbed,
3: he rubbed off on me, I guess. I don't know. It just it, it snuck its way into my my all company presentation.
0: Man. <laughs> I have no idea what you all are talking about. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know about those 80 movies. Talia, I have no idea what they're talking about. Trust me. Uh, Look, so just a very, very quick room reset uh, because we do wanna maximize the time with Talia and get uh, audience sort of participation. So if you do have a question or anything you wanna sort of share, feel free to raise your hand. We'll bring you up uh, one by one and we'll let you ask your question of of Talia. Uh, If you are new to our Clubhouse chat, this is our weekly fireside chat. We do this every single Wednesday between 8 p.m. Eastern time and about 9.30 p.m. Eastern time or so. Um, So if you're new to our Fireside Chat group, there's on the top left of your screen where it says Fireside Chat. There's a little green Monopoly house. Click that little green house and you can join the club and see who's up next, uh, who's up for next week. And you can actually listen to the play, playbacks from prior sessions that you may have missed, which have been really great great conversations. Uh, I do see somebody new in the audience with a little celebratory or party hat walking to Clubhouse. Uh, If you do have a question and you want to jump up on stage, you can use the raise hand option and we'll bring you up. Uh, or you can chat in the actual chat and ask a question. So, Talia, there was a question in the chat. I know it was answered, but I want other folks, just in case they did not see it, uh, I want them to be able to hear it from you. Uh, so, the question was
4: uh, How can they join Black Girls in Cyber? How can somebody oh, sure. join Black Girls in Cyber? <laughs> well, that's great. So, you can. Um, Depending on how you want to join, whether it's um, as a partner, uh, a volunteer, or if you're trying to uh, apply to one of our programs, we have that annually from March to October um so i would say kind of uh we have our website blackgirlsandcyber.com uh you can su- subscribe to our mailing list we are also on all social media platforms or, or at least the ones that um i'm on <laughs> which is instagram um at black girls in cyber twitter uh, Black Girls in Sib, because, you know, we couldn't add the ER. Twitter has a cutoff. Um, and then Facebook and uh, the other one is LinkedIn. So we're, we're on those. And we also have a Facebook group with over a uh, thousand women, and we're growing. Um, so you can definitely join if you want to be a part of the community. Uh, if you are interested in partnership you can send an email to partnerships at blackgirlsandcyber.com. And if you would like to volunteer, you can definitely visit our website and um, click on the link to volunteer and then submit a form. Sounds good. Thank you for that, Tali.
0: Uh, one other question. Is it only open to women, or do you have allies as
4: well? Oh, yes. We have many allies. Um, it, you know, we're we, we are creating this space to help increase, you know, the diversity um, and bring more uh, women of color into the space. But we work with so many different partners and allies who, whether it's, um, you know, joining our executive committee um, that, provides advisory guidance to the board um, or volunteering your time. We have a number of events throughout the year, and we are always looking for speakers. Um, we're currently uh, planning for our first conference, and so we are always looking for people who can host workshops, um, do some red teaming stuff, right? Um, get more hands-on, so if you or anyone you know would be interested in giving their time back in this very meaningful way, definitely shoot over an email to um, to partnerships at BlackGirlsInCyber.com and we'll get you plugged in, and also the website.
0: Awesome, 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 awesome. All right, Uh, we got some folks in the audience that popped up on stage. Jennifer, over to you, anything you want to ask Tali?
5: yeah thanks tomas uh great seeing everybody in this weekly room talia what an amazing uh background and um, set of like ongoing accomplishments i just love the way you presented all that um two things one i'm definitely gonna go check out um i'm a privacy attorney i've been doing this for like 25 years so i understand a lot of the things you've described and i'll also go check out mentoring opportunities um then what I wanted to ask you about is in your dealing with you said that you partner um, you know you coordinate with privacy and the security groups when you're working with the external clients or the other business divisions to try and come at them at least you know once so you're not inundating them with a joint message um, and I find from an, an attorney like of course you brought up uh, marketing who's like the wild wild west and will not be reined in but um, do you also find you I think you said it like a few um, you know provisions before that about um, you know, really working with the business, like what are their concerns and needs? And so do you find that you that you're able to partner those groups and sort of, I'd say, pragmatically come, you know, adopt that pragmatic approach? Do you see more companies or where you are a more pragmatic approach in how all of those groups and requirements work together, like versus legal coming in saying no or that, you know, black hole of it's not going to happen or security? versus working with their needs and, and the possible risks. You know, are you guys willing to assume this if this happens, or here's what's going to happen if you don't do this?
4: Mm-hmm. Are you, are yeah, people, <laughs> sorry.
5: What, what trend, sorry, what trends are you seeing is I think what I'm asking there, because I'm
4: guessing that you do approach it that way. Yeah, you know, what I'm also, you know, noticing, Jennifer, is that it varies across industry as well. The culture is different in different industries but um you're right you know a lot of time legal you know is like no you can't do this <laughs> um and and i think this is where the silo piece of it i think is really huge you know um I, I think that if there's more education and more transparency um around the work that we are doing i find that it becomes easier um to to uh encourage that collaboration factor and also the early engagement piece which can be hard right and it it all and it'll depend on what your consumer product is um or services um but i think the earlier that you can get engaged in whatever ideas a team is brainstorming or whatever thought. So I don't know if maybe creating some kind of, I don't want to say committee because I don't want it to sound that official, but just creating opportunities where different teams can share what their ideas are, um, different things that they're working on, so that you can have that early engagement piece to eliminate sounding like a barrier and what i realize in creating opportunities for that is you educate the business in a very um less intimidating way right um especially for you as an attorney i i can al- almost imagine because i know it's like you know legal says no we can't do it you know um, very authoritative in a in a sense but i think um, just really understanding that you really want to help the teams do what they need to do by just getting ahead of it. I, I find that approach to be very helpful, but it it, it you will have um, those barriers. I think having a very good governance structure um, within the org, that helps as well, because then you have some visibility. Um, you're more, you know, um, open to to sharing more and um collaboration and so i find that to be the best way to to work with with different teams um, but it, it, I think it will always be a challenge, right, because, you know, um, I think just the nature of the workforce is you to be focused on what you have to do. Legal have, you know, your set of requirements and then security have their set of requirements and privacy is like, well, we must do this, you know, and, and it just can be a lot for the business. Right. When you think about it. So I think the more that we can collaborate and work together, you um, and just you know, really do a lot of early engagement and education. I think that's, I think that's a direction that most orgs should probably go. Yeah, and I, what we're seeing,
5: hundred percent, totally, totally agree with every point you're you're bringing up. And it's it's actually a more progressive organizations that are doing that, as you said, the different industries and different regulatory, like a, you know, if you're. in in the medical space, depending, or in the, um, you know, uh, insurance space or something, they're going to be a lot, I would guess, less um, advanced with technology. I I tend to be a product attorney, so I embed myself within the product life cycle so that we're on it early because in addition, as you said, there's varying stakeholders. And so what, who are the stakeholders? You've got to, you know, really actually identify that. It's not always so obvious. I mean, you can't be, I think that legal as the Department of knows is, is kind of an antiquated um, approach, you really need to work with them because, and you will know this more because you're on the more even techie side than I am, but it's, um, you know, how are we going to solve this problem? Like, I don't, I, I have a no, we can't do this, but it's, the, the answer isn't ever going to be, if they go back and say legal says no, I don't want that to be the answer. I want it to be legal says we can't do it because this will happen because we can work together once we understand what the goal is and try and get there another way. Um, so it's it's sort of working together and hopefully not coming in with just a, a routine checklist you miss you get this or you don't because that's too siloed um yeah and so love your approaches and love where you're going with this i'm just i'm hoping that it, it becomes more of the um the trend and where we're going versus the, the siloed must-haves with, you know, without really looking at the big picture what the goals are et cetera. Yeah,
4: absolutely. I hope so too. Um, I, I think we'll, you know, almost have to be forced to 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 mean in that direction in order for us to get our work done.
0: Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks for popping up on stage and uh, asking a question. Uh, Ryan, over to you.
6: Hi, nice to meet you. Um, thanks so much for sharing your like I thought, by the way, your origin story was like perfect amount of detail. Um, so that said, I tend to like ask a, a fun question, I think, I hope. Um, and then I have a more serious question. And so my question for you, our questions is uh you mentioned you have a daughter and I would just love to know, especially between your career and this nonprofit that's amazing, what or how you share and incorporate that with your daughter. And then... Um, you mentioned how you went to school for these business degrees, um, but are essentially in cyber. I know you did say something about credentialing, so I'm, this isn't specific to that, but you know, I'm just curious, like, what were your thoughts or what, what how, how did you feel like, I know you said your degree came in handy, but did you ever feel like your degree not being cyber hurt you? And if you could do it all over again, maybe, like, would you? Um, I asked that because I did, I did the Air Force, and then I went to cyber, and uh, I've been doing it for 10 years, but I actually just completed my degree. Um, just curious, kind of just haven't really had
4: the opportunity to ask someone that before. Thanks. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for for those uh, questions. Well, I'll answer your first one, um, you know, surrounding my my daughter and how I kind of um, <laughs> make it work. Um, honestly, so with my nonprofit organization, Black Girls in Cyber, I, I can honestly say I have a great Team of people who care about the goals and the mission, and so what you will see usually with any great leader, um, they usually have a great team. I I think it's Im- important, and this is both you know, um, professionally like on my day to day job as well as like my nonprofit organization. Um, people like to kind of understand how they're providing value. Um, and just kind of creating space for them to own their thing and just do their thing, like you know, no micromanaging or whatnot. And so that's really how function with my nonprofit is. Here's the goal. Here's the mission. Here is kind of like how things are structured. And then I have to trust these people to to go do what they say they're going to do. And so that has worked out very well for me uh, with helping me to be able to to manage being in both spaces and also in the um like on the job which can be very demanding i've actually learned how to create boundaries at work Um, so even with my schedule, I, you know, do not schedule time with me, um, before 10 a.m. because I'll be coming back home from dropping off my daughter to school, right? And, um, then I have pickups, so I have a hard stop in the evenings as well. And of course, you know, with me being married, I, I have a partnership with my husband, so we tag team on different days, right? So some days I may work later than others, um. So I I think creating those boundaries and over communicating that um, has really created an opportunity um, for me to be able to have that management. And then also building trust with my team, like I'm going to do what I say I'm going to (laughs) do. So no one really questions me when I say, okay, I can't meet at this time or if I manage my calendar a certain way because it doesn't impact my work. Um, So having that trust um, with my team also helps a lot so that's kind of how i've been juggling that as well but and i do not work weekends on like i just don't work weekends <laughs> uh which is so funny because before mom before i became a mother i would work crazy hours like non-stop all the time especially growing up in the consulting world it's just who you become but when i realized how quickly my my daughter was growing and um COVID really changed a lot of perspective, I think, for a lot of us when we realized how short this life really is. And so um, my weekends are with my family, you know, my evenings and my weekends are uh, with my family. So I'm pretty firm on those things. When I'm at work, I'm at work and I give it my 110%. When I'm home, I'm at home and I give that my 110%. Um, And so that's just kind of how I spend my time um, to make it all work. And then for the second part of your question, um, and I'm trying to remember, okay, the credential piece, yes. <laughs> so I actually have mixed feelings around getting my master's in cybersecurity. It took me so long to figure out what I wanted to do that, um, I almost wish I knew that I would end up here. (laughs) Otherwise, I wouldn't have wasted my, you know, well, I won't say wasted, right? Because everything I did brought me here. But, man, I wish I knew so I could have saved a lot of money on, you know, education. But with getting my master's in cybersecurity, unfortunately, especially for me, Um, as a minority, I have to validate that I know what I know. Um, So even now, like I'm, you know, now looking at certifications, I got a cloud cert and now I'm studying for the CISSP and, you know, really trying to get these things, even though I I do well at my job, I, I am respected, but it's unfortunate that sometimes I need my resume to speak for myself before I enter the room. <laughs> and so I think in that way, I found a value in, in getting these credentials. But um, does it really help? I, I, I don't know. I think my, my personality and my willingness to learn and my networking, um, my network is probably the biggest factor in the opportunities that I, I've had um every every job every speaking opportunity every even with my nonprofit it's all been uh based on my relationships um so i would say that was the biggest factor in my journey and my success over anything else
6: thanks i appreciate that and really enjoyed hearing all those details
4: yeah absolutely good
6: luck on your <laughs> Good luck on your CISS
4: page. <sighs> thank you. I'm going to need it.
0: <laughs> That's an easy test. Don't worry about it, Talia. You got it. I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Henry, over to you. Thanks for popping up on stage.
7: Yes, good evening, everyone. I thank you for having me here. Talia, great to hear your story. I really haven't, I'm um, you know, kind of like smiling here as I know, uh, you know, having kids and figuring out, you know, work is work and Family's family, and when, you know, just like you earlier in my career, I was a workaholic. And once my daughters were we were born, it was like cold turkey. And just said, no, my my weekends are for my family. So uh, that's a great uh, approach to have. So congrats on that. Um, Thank as you're, you, <laughs> as <laughs> as I'm you know as I'm hearing your your career evolve, and obviously you're now working at a. At Google and Google's a large company. You, you know, you guys do cloud computing, AI, search engine and so many other things, right? So I was just curious, Taya, what's it like a day in the life for you at Google? You know, what you know, what you know, what's a day look like for you? I'm sure it's got a lot of you know, um, you know, <laughs> things to traverse and many departments to work with. Just curious how how a day looks like for you, such a large company.
4: Uh, Yeah, so not to get too detailed, but I I think it's very, I think tech in general, you'll find um, it's very complex, right? You have all these really smart people that are um, very innovative in doing all these amazing things. And for me, that makes it exciting. All of the possibilities and just the impact that my work can have on um billions of people right um so but you know at the very core i think it's just like working at any of the organization um you know building uh well first it's learning about the business and all the different things that that business cares about and then there is also the relationship piece which i think is I always come back to that because it's like a reoccurring theme. Um, just building relationships and understanding what different people are working on and what they care about, um, and uh, it can be just working in security in general. There's always a lot of competing priorities in terms of what you, how you, sh- what you should focus on and when you should focus on that. So I think it's also a lot of reprioritizing constantly so for me i don't really like i know what needs to happen but i don't really commit to it because i know something else can come up at any minute and i'll need to switch gears so just being flexible in that sense and um just being very open i think has just kind of been kind of like how i move and maneuver in 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 the space in general um but yeah, I would say that's that's my that's my tech experience <laughs> so far. Um, a, amazing company to work for, um, and like I said, you know it's great to have an opportunity to get your hands in a little bit of everything.
7: I'm sure, and I'm sure you have some upward mobility there as well, right?
4: You know, like I said, everything is like really relationship you know driven and just being able to connect with people who um find you know uh, the work that they're doing is important and if i would like to contribute to that you know just like any other place that i've ever worked with it's it's pretty much the same in that regard yeah
7: well that that's awesome and congratulations i thank just you uh, just, uh, be quiet now and continue to hear your great stories so uh have a great evening thank you talia
4: yeah same to you
0: Thanks, Henry. Thanks for popping up on stage. Uh, Christopher, over to you. Anything you want to ask uh, Talia?
8: Yeah, actually. Uh, first off, good evening, and thank you for letting me join. Um, believe it or not, though, Ryan actually asked essentially the exact same question I had for the same reasons. Um, I did eight years active duty in the Air Force, pivoted over to c- cybersecurity, um, and was curious on you know if you could have done things different or pursued perhaps a different Um, educational path and credentialing path, would you have done so? So, you've already answered the question, and I was uh, happy to hear your answer on it. Thank you.
0: All right, no worries. Thanks, Christopher. Yeah. Uh, Jenny, over to you. Anything you want to ask Talia?
9: Hey, Talia. Um, Great room, as always. Um, I had a question from the perspective of um, your project, and young women coming into this environment and what are your, how do you um, help them kind of navigate some of the pushback that they may get because it is a very male oriented um, arena. I mean, I've suffered with that being in, in risk and governance and law um, in kind of the cybersecurity field and how do you motivate them to kind of look past that and navigate kind of a some sometimes difficult environment when you have technology as part of what you do.
4: Yes, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, but thank you Yeah, So, you know, I think what I always tell my mentees, and this is something that I also keep my mentors around for, because there's always like different levels to this, depending on where you are. The challenges at the very core are the same, but maybe the way you approach them may be different. Um, but for those who are starting out early, um, I I kind of keep going back to this. So relationships are a currency for, for me. Um, And I try my very best not to piss people off. Um, But I also own the fact that I am there for a reason. Like I've had to go through the mansplaining or. you know someone you know had had a guy tell me oh i'm not going to include you on this meeting because it's to protect you and i was just like what protect me from what <laughs> you know like that doesn't make any sense um you know th- you just didn't want me in the room right and so having to navigate a lot of that is one making sure i'm the best at what i, I do like i I dot all my eyes and cross all my T's and if there is something that I don't know I'm very honest and open about it and I think that builds trust because um, when I do have something to say or something to contribute it's more respected because if I don't know I'm gonna tell you I don't know um, and so I've kind of built relationship currency that way and in, um, in, in in maneuvering trust if I'm hitting a roadblock with someone who is difficult. It will depend, right? So if this is a place that I love, this is a place where I see where I can add great value, then I may have to be very strategic about the different relationships that I leverage to get over um, certain challenges, right? Um, but if it's not worth it, I leave. Like it's just not my battle to fight, right? So I'm yeah, I'm very big on that too. Like we we work in a space where uh, it, the market is very competitive. And so if I'm somewhere where, you know, I've I've done my best, I, I, I've given it my all, I've done all the, all the right things, I checked all my boxes, but this culture is just not, um, going to allow me to thrive and be the best version of myself here. Um, then I just go somewhere that will allow me to do that. So, uh, I think there's like, it's two folds. It just really depends on, the culture, what the opportunities are like. Because sometimes, although the culture is is very um, open and allows you to navigate some of these challenges, there are some cultures that just they don't want to shift and so I think it's um, up to us sometimes to do our due diligence to identify which culture it is and kind of make those um, decisions you know uh, where it makes sense so that's and, and so that's what I've um, done to encourage folks who are coming in just learn as much as you can as quickly as you can and build those trust um, and relationships and really the rest kind of, you know, work itself out. But I, I think there will always be different stages depending on your level and where you are, um, in terms of how you navigate some of these challenges. But I think they'll always be there.
9: Thank you. That's terrific. And best of luck on your project and everything you're doing.
4: Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for popping up on stage and asking questions. Camille, over to you.
9: Hi, Talia. It's Great to see you on this space. My name is Camille Bolton, and I'm a um, 2021 um, Black Girls in Cyber cohort mentee. And I'm very proud to say that. Um, and I have been a part of Black Girls in Cyber since 2020. And I just wanted to know, um, what are the future challenges of data privacy and GRC?
4: Hey, Camille. I am so happy to see you here. Um, Camille is uh, doing very well in this space and landed an opportunity, so happy to see um, you here. Uh, I think, well, so your question, what are the future challenges? Well, for data privacy, I think it's, <laughs> I, I think it will really just be I think it depends on the industry, probably, that you work in. Um, and so you may view some of these regulatory changes that are coming in will make it very difficult for, how do I put this, um, advertising companies, um, like ad companies. So I, I see, I would be interested to see how a lot of organizations will ad- adapt to that. I think one of the advantages that we have, though currently, is being in the U.S. Um, I I don't think currently there is like um, a privacy law that is like consistent across the board. You know, for U.S. citizens, um, you know, you you may see different regs for. You know, state different um, industries, but I think it becomes really frustrating a little bit for for business to kind of keep up with all of these regulatory changes. So, I I those are some of the things that I'm like keen to see, especially when you get into like anonymization of data and what that means um, for a lot of organizations. Who you know, when you think about um, you know, saying you you can't de-identify or you can identify a person, but yes, you you can, um, because technology is becoming very advanced in that way, and so um, seeing how these laws really push organizations in general to make these different changes I think will be very interested, interesting interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm sitting very closely to legal <laughs> and in that regard just to kind of you know stay ahead of um, how we tackle some of those challenges um, for for consumers in general. Um, and then for your other question regarding GRC, Uh, I think it depends on on what end. I think you will start to see more GRC opportunities. I I don't think it was the most favorable role for security professionals, but I think we're starting to see a little bit of a trend. Um, The only and, and we're starting to see more like training and awareness around like what GRC is and how organizations should really approach it because for for most orgs currently it's just like compliance but it's really so much more um, you know and it really should be a a very a key investment for a lot of organizations so that you can really be more strategic with your how you spend your resources and just you know saving um, money really. Um, you know, in just really having a more well-oiled machine running. So I think in terms of job opportunities, you will see more of that. So I highly encourage people to consider that as a path. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, and I think more organizations will get on board with creating um, better GRC-related programs.
9: Thank you so much, Talia, and best of luck to everything. Thank
4: you. Thank you. So happy to see you here.
0: Let's <laughs> see you. Thanks, Camille. Thanks for popping up on stage and asking your question. And I don't know what you're talking about, Talia. Different states have different privacy laws? Really? No. That's not I, a thing in the US. No.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's a headache, really. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll figure it out yep. soon.
0: <laughs> Tr- trust me. I, I, I know I know that all too well. Uh, so Thank you for popping up on stage over you.
1: Thanks, Tomas. Uh, Talia, can you talk a little bit about how perhaps attending a historically black college uh, shaped your career uh, and how it's helping you now in your current profession?
4: Yes. Hi, Sanjay. Um, that's a great question. So. Uh, I you know a, a couple of minutes. Well, earlier on in the in the talk, I talked about um me being born in uh, Jamaica, right? Um, and one thing about Black Caribbeans is we grow up with a different frame of mind, right? Um, uh, you know, like the we we are born into seeing leaders who look like us. So, um, at the very core. We don't feel as inferior, right? In a lot of uh, cases, um, we feel very confident. We feel like if we do what you're supposed to do, you will be successful. Now, attending uh, HBCU really challenged a lot of my thinking as a Caribbean Black <laughs> um, person. And you know, a lot of people will make the assumption like all blacks are the same. Our experiences are very different. <laughs> um, and attending an HBCU really kind of uh, Peel the onion back on a lot of those beliefs that I had um, about us in general, and it that level of awareness, um, I grew a different level of respect um, in um, and all of the cultural appreciation and the rigor um, and how hard our professors are on us, and just I think that whole cultural experience really helped shape you know, some of the confidence in um, owning who I am, right? So I feel very confident being Black, (laughs) right? Like, so I wear my hair however I want, you know? Like, if, if it makes me feel comfortable, I show up that way. I don't really you know, care who feels any way about it. Like, I'm just me in every aspect of it. I bring my full self, right? Um, and I think that HBCU experience have really helped um, encourage that. You know, like, I'm really comfortable in my skin in any setting, anywhere that I am. And so um, I think that has impacted the way I show up. Um, in, in in spaces and, you know, and it ha- it makes people more comfortable to be around me because I'm comfortable, you know, with who I am. And so it helps my relationship. So I think in that way, um, I'm very appreciative of that experience.
1: Thank you, Talia. That is awesome. And uh, I'll continue to support your organization. It's great. And I see that it's helping a lot of people. Thank you.
4: I appreciate that. Thanks, Sanju. Thanks
0: for popping up on stage as always and participating uh, on our weekly chats. Uh, Ryan, over to you.
6: Hi again. I actually felt very inspired to ask a new question that might be the new question that I start asking at these. Typically, I think people will ask, what's advice for your younger self? And if you'd like to answer that, obviously I won't stop you. But what would your advice be for your future self?
4: Wow. Um for my future self. I
6: think you're similar in age to me. And I just feel like I'm just like, man, this girl's done so much. Like I kind of catch up. <laughs> I'm like, like, where is she going? But I, I feel like it's more about advice. Like, you know, obviously the world's your oyster.
4: Yeah. I would say um like just keep doing it afraid, you know, like a lot of times I show up and I do a, a lot of things and people have the assumption that it was like easy. Um, but I do things even if it's not easy, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's even if it's hard, even if it's terrifying, I'm still going to I'm going to overprepare and I'm just going to show up. And I think um, my advice to my future self is just not to forget that. You know, um, and also not to forget to live and enjoy life. Um, One of the things I've been trying to do is figure out ways where you know work doesn't feel so much like work, right? Because we spend so much time at work. Um, So I've I've really been just doing a lot of strategic thinking in terms of making sure I live a very meaningful life, not only with the impact I make with my organizations, but just for my personal self, right? Um, so that would be my advice, and to keep, you know, putting myself first and taking care of my health. Um, that's actually probably the biggest one: um, health, <laughs> uh, making sure you prioritize your health because it doesn't matter how hard you work, you want to be able to live long enough to, 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 to enjoy it and to see everything come to fruition. So um, that would be. One of the advice I would give to my future self as well.
6: I appreciate that, and I hope I hope you get to remember that on the hard days, and come back at some point in week we cross paths, and you get to tell me that you did that. All right. Yeah. No more questions. Nice <laughs> Thank to you.
4: Meet you. <laughs> I probably need to. <laughs> I probably need to like send myself an email or something like one of those reminders. Like send me this in the future.
6: <laughs> or yeah. Write write it down. Right.
4: Right. Thank you. That's a good one. Yeah. No problem.
0: All right, thanks for popping up on stage and, and asking your question. Uh, Kenneth. Always good to see you, my friend. Over to you. Anything you want to ask Tali? Kenneth, just uh, if you're having trouble, the microphone on the bottom right of your screen, you can click that to unmute, There you all right, there we go. So we so we call him Kenneth
10: now? All right, Thomas. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's like,
0: it's like, it's like, it's like you know, what? So, like so, what? so, just a quick backstory. So, What's the backstory? So, Ken, so Ken, Ken and I, Ken and
10: I went oh, so to high Ken, school together. You just called me Ken. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Kenny. oh my goodness, Ken,
10: hey, Kenny. Hey, don't, don't chest, put
1: but, your uh, don't put your government name on your on your clubhouse if you don't want to called your government
0: name.
1: I, I don't that's, think.
0: Oh. That, okay. yeah, that's for you, Ken, that's oh, for you. You see what okay. I'm saying? You got see the backup,
1: all right,
10: I see you.
0: <laughs> I, I got you. So you know, Ken, Ken's a very good friend of mine. Went to high school together. We're, we're not going to talk about any of that stuff. Uh, But go ahead, Ken, anything you want
10: to ask? We need to ask in every target?
1: clubhouse we don't have a full clubhouse on what for my in high school.
10: Nah, nah, we'll leave that alone. Go ahead, Ken. Right, well, Taya, I'd like to thank you for being a part of this conversation. Um, I have so many different thoughts going through my head. Um, I won't make mention of my affiliations at this moment, but my question to you is, when did you first fall in love with cybersecurity?
4: Wow, (laughs) that is a good one. Um, So I think, so I had a few moments, but I think when I first kind of found my, like sweet spot was doing the CISO labs when I worked in consulting. And I think it's because while I find technology, you know, very fascinating in solving all of these different uh, security problems, I think the people aspect of it is what I find the most rewarding. And, and if you and if you have an opportunity to not lose that disconnect, like your why, like why is this important? You know, um, that human element I think is is what I enjoy the most. And I think it was because I was much younger then too. Um, this was probably like ten years ago um, when I did this kind of work. And then being new to the space. <laughs> I would see CISOs very differently um, than I do now. And I think having an opportunity to really sit down and talk strategy with CISOs was really like, I was like, this is so cool. Like I'm literally on the phone and like in face-to-face meetings with CEOs and CFOs of like top corporations. And I think that really made it so real for me to get that, I'm like, wow, these are real people. They, they just have real problems, <laughs> you know that they're they're trying to solve really important problems. And um, being able to be in the room and to be able to have a perspective, um, and to be able to contribute to solving those issues and taking the human element in in play, um, I think that's when I was like, I like it here. You know, I really like it here. Um, yeah, so I would say that's that's when I knew.
10: Thank you. And what is the blueprint that you're using to be able to help elevate your organization and help inspire um, those, you know, not just young people, young girls, uh, black black girls who affiliate with your program, but those that you that come in contact uh, with your program, uh, black black girls, is it black girls in cyber?
4: Black girls in cyber, yes. Yeah. So, you know. One of the things I thought about was the impression that I had of people who worked in technology and security, um, <clears throat> and how, you know, unfortunately off putting that was. It just did not look like a cool job, right? It did not look very attractive. So I think the blueprint for me is to get as many amazing women of color who are bail, tra- uh, you know, trailing the, uh, you know, who are what do you call it? Trailblazers in the space. And to really um, create that awareness, you know, for minority women and going to find them where they are. Um, You know, one of the reasons why I think we market more heavily on like Instagram and Facebook, probably because our target audience, they may not necessarily be on LinkedIn or Twitter. They're probably more likely on Facebook and Instagram and maybe TikTok, but we're not quite there yet. <laughs> but so the blueprint is really just to really look at um, who are we trying to target? You know, who are we trying to create this awareness? from. And the way we show up, like if you probably go to blackgirlsandcyber.com right now, our website is so colorful. (laughs) It has like so many colors. And that was very intentional because typically when you think technology or security, it's like black, you know, very dark, maybe one or two colors, and which is fine. But I'm, I'm trying to target a different you know audience so i think it's a matter of just staying true to that like um who i am i i don't really change you know the clothes that i wear i'm very much like a girly girl right so i show up as myself in these spaces and really be the example because um you know, when there's lack of representation and when there is lack of showing up as yourself, then it's not as attractive. But if I'm more relatable, people are seeing women who look like me, um, who are regular just like them, then I think that makes this field more attractive and also creating that level of awareness. So we have a, a, a huge vision. And one of the things that we hope to do is to really hold you know, our strategic partners who are large corporations accountable in putting their dollars where their mouth is, right? So we're building a pipeline. If you, you know, diversity is a big issue, put your dollars where your mouth is. Invest your people and your time into this pipeline that you want to recruit from. Um, so that's some of the stuff that we're, we're working on now is how can we partner together to solve for your talent issue while also solving for a whole other issue here, right? And one of the things that I'm so passionate about is a woman of color, um, I am a mother, I am a wife, and working in this space allows me a certain privilege, a certain level of flexibility and financial resources that I may not get in other more essential um, working roles. And we saw that a lot during COVID, right? We saw who, who was the, the most affected. And so my heart really goes out to a lot of mothers who had to choose um, between caring for their child and going going into work, and I think you can have both. And so you know, I I wanted to eliminate that socioeconomic um, factor for a lot of women of color who does not have the advantage to do that. So you can do meaningful work. There is a space for you here, and so that's what I'm gonna do. And so that's my mission with Black Girls in Cyber, and I cannot wait to see where it ends up 10 years from now.
10: Excellent, and now, if I may, my final question. Is if you could ask the group, those of us that are on this this fire chat right now, one thing to help you move your agenda, whether it's personally, professionally, you know, at Google, whether it's with your organization, what would that one ask be?
4: <sighs> one ask, um, I would say, become a strategic partner. Um, or donate your time. I feel like everyone on this call, you probably have something to um, give, whether it's your skills, your, your time, or your network, you have access or know someone who would love or be interested in this. Um, I think that's probably the best thing that you can do is either uh, become a partner yourself or share us with someone in your network who would love to, to become a partner. I think that's, that would be my biggest ask
10: uh, thank you. I look forward to connecting with you offline. Oh,
4: awesome. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Kenny. Thanks for uh, popping up on stage and asking me a question, my friend. Um, Talia, I was just looking through my uh, CISO lab from uh, 2017, and uh, I remember going through that experience. It was pretty good. I didn't know that you uh you were one of, you were the creator or one of the creators. Oh,
4: yeah. Thing. Wow, that's really cool. In 2017, I probably was still there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Now I have to go and think back. <laughs>
0: well, you you weren't you weren't uh, the, I was just looking at the the resu- I did it in February 2017. Oh, well, February is when I got the results. I don't remember the exact date I did it, but um oh. i was looking at the team that was there and you weren't one of the one of the members oh. of the team that was with me in new york uh new york but, okay yeah but i did i did go through it and i do remember it and it was uh it was it was a good experience it was actually a pretty Yay. good experience so i'm not going to plug other other uh consulting companies uh programs but if you do if if you heard what talia mentioned in the beginning and you piece it together, uh, that CISO Live is actually a, a good opportunity if you can uh, make the time. And that's awesome. uh, whatever it is that it costs to do it, it's actually pretty useful. There's pictures in there. I've got pictures of me standing up with a whole bunch of people around me. And I'm like, oh, wow. my God. that's doing...
1: so cool.
4: Yeah, yeah I probably and... wasn't on that one, but yeah, that's really cool. I was still there. So,
0: yeah. 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 Anyways, uh, I digress. Um, Jennifer, I, just, I saw you popped up on stage. Go ahead.
5: We're like rabbits down here. I think it's Ryan and I that keep popping up and down. Tyler, this has just been amazing. I just love your approach and where you're going, your history, and um, it cracks me up because I think you're still so young to have all this experience uh, from what I'm reading. But a um, couple of points. You're right on all the privacy laws. Um, there's They vary by state and you got the nat- you know, international stuff and you've got nothing cohesive across the nation and companies trying to deal with that is the biggest shit show. Sorry about that, but anyways, um, it's it's very problematic. And then also on the um, advice to your future self about health, by the time you actually have to like question that, it's 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 deep. So like, the minute you're questioning that, jump back on the health bandwagon because that stuff doesn't come back. So. Um, that one and then um, lastly on the uh, we're reaching to your audience where they are to the to the girls to get them into coding I love the idea that you're using colors in the coding because so many people don't know What a lot of industries are especially anything in tech and so for you to make it look like an attractive website and then meet them where they are on Instagram um, I think TikTok is going to crush Instagram So I would try and ramp that up sooner than later and maybe your audience can help you do that um, Or your girls that are coding can help you do that because they, they know that platform, right?
7: So, um,
5: I just, I just, kudos and all of that because I think I'm, I'm super old school. Like I'm, um, I come from the graduated in the '90s, and we had to wear nylons and skirt suits and pearl earrings, which were probably too big at you know, that level. And right now, as you can see from my profile, I've, I've kind of broken out of that and I have pink hair. But, um, but because I have the confidence, and so I'm so glad that you have the confidence to bring that much earlier and to push it sooner and earlier. So that's just awesome.
4: Thank you. Yeah, I've had some really great mentors along the way too. So <laughs> I think that has helped a lot. People matter, both relationships.
5: Always networking, connections, and mentors. Yep. Including here.
0: That's awesome. Um, and and, and Tic Tac, that's that uh, breathman, right? Is that what that is, Octavia? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know you? Yep. That's,
1: that's exactly tick-tack. what it is breathman. <laughs> I have
0: to get that one in. I have to there are literally that.
5: cybersecurity things on TikTok. There are security, there are there are, it's it's an uplifter platform is. for Instagram. He is down. so not, is so not serious. Well, do, 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 I don't,
1: love
0: that platform. So you don't can pay learn, me, you just
5: gotta fish through stuff.
0: Jennifer, don't pay me no mind. I just was trying to get my dad joking for the oh, day. Oh I know. Gotta I know get Tomas, a I
5: know you're cooler than you try to act. <laughs> I don't I think you go have gone too far,
1: is. Jennifer. I think you're going too far. Just come back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's
0: bring this back to our guest, Talia. So look, we're we're coming to four minutes left in the evening. I want to be respectful of everybody's time. If anybody has any questions that they do want to ask Talia, before we kind of wrap, raise your hand and we'll bring you up on stage. Um, But if you don't, I will pass it. I'll tell you, I'll pass it over to you if you want to ask uh, or any of the other mods, if you want to ask uh, uh, Talia any any questions before I ask her the one that Ryan tried to steal earlier. I heard you, Ryan, I heard you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Talia, what has been your biggest impact? Right. And not not a negative impact. I know you do a lot of things because of what you don't see. But what has been your biggest positive impact um, that you have had throughout your career? Wow.
4: <clears throat> that is a great one. Um, okay. Well, here is a, I guess it, it's a good one, but it was also challenging, I guess, um, was when I had to leave an employer, right? Um, and like, you know, like I said, I've shared my journey. Um, a lot of times you experience a lot of unfairness and, I think my biggest impact was being able to maintain my character in all of that. Um, I had a, a director, VP level, uh, you know, person reach out to me very young in my career, and she—you she, never know who's watching. Um, that's a, thats the funny thing. You never know who's watching during times of conflict, and for her to call me after i had left this organization and speak on my character in in such a positive light it it to know it can have that kind of effect and impact on other people it really allowed me to want to hold on to that so no matter what i what challenges that i come across on in any space that i'm in i'll never let anyone take me out of character and i think that has been like the impact that I've left with those who I've encountered, um, regardless of what I've experienced um, in these spaces, and so um, I, I think that's that's one of the biggest thing in my careers.
1: Okay, I'm gonna let you have that one. <laughs> you have a, even though you try to change it to a negative. That's okay. <laughs> <wanna have> <laughs>
4: Um, but yeah, I mean, I've done it so much, but I think that's probably the most memorable one for me. Um, or the, I, or it impacted me the most, I guess. Um, but yeah, I've done a ton of other stuff. And of course that, you know, all things black girls and cyber as well. Having that kind of impact is very, um, rewarding for me as well. Awesome. Go ahead, Tomas.
0: No, I was just going to uh, move over to Christopher. Christopher, anything you want to ask Talia? So
8: you yes, yes, uh, I wanted to join the multiple question club. So forgive <laughs> me for hopping in at the last minute. Um, but Talia, you mentioned earlier that one of the things you're looking for with your organization is, you know, volunteers and allies. Um, you mentioned, for example, people that can speak to red team experience. Um, for those of us in the audience that may want to volunteer in that capacity, could you? Uh, explain one more time how we can best get in, talk to, in contact with
4: you and set those opportunities up. Yes, absolutely. Um, so partnerships at black in And as I'm saying it, I am writing it in the group chat. Um, awesome, so you. partnerships, at girls in cyber.com. Um, and then we'll what what will happen next is we'll set up a call with uh, a few board members and um, I have a nice we have a nice pretty presentation that we put together that has an outline of our programming our five year goals and all the things that we're trying to do we're happy to share that so that um, future partners can see how where they can fit in all of that and how they can partner um, and then we can set up a meeting and talk more about that.
8: Sounds great, thank you so much.
4: No, thank you.
0: Thanks, Christopher, thanks for coming up on stage uh, and asking that question. Katie, you wanna say something? Go ahead, Katie.
3: I did, just one final thought. Um, I just loved it when, especially when Jennifer was on stage and talking about her pink hair. um, And then, you know, Natalia, what you said to me, it just, it makes such a big impression when you talk about, you know, being a, a, a mentor and and, Putting yourself in a position to to inspire people to um, want to go into an industry they may not have, and I, I just really appreciate that and um, your transparency and your um, your what you shared tonight was just really meaningful to me and and how you prioritize. And answering Ryan's question, these are more my final thoughts. Sorry, Tomas, I know you have your final questions. So I'm just kind of giving mine now, but. I really enjoyed this tonight. And um, as a person who I think is a little bit older than you, I loved what you had to say about your advice for your future self. It really reminded me on a Wednesday evening to close my laptop when this is over and go spend a little time with my son and go, you know, maybe, uh, you know, think about how I'm going to wake up in the morning and do something for me um, and not put everything else, but you know, in in front of that. So just, there were a lot of things that you said from both a professional, um, uh, and a personal perspective tonight that I just really appreciated, and, and thank you so much for spending so much time with us tonight.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Thanks for that, Katie. Any any other final words, uh, mods, before we kind of conclude? All right. So, Talia, I will ask you a question that I usually ask our guests. Uh, actually i 'm not going to ask that question. I do want to know what are you reading? I need to add some more books into my audible list. What are you reading
4: what 's interesting <laughs> to you? Uh, you you the c i s b um uh fifth hour. <laughs> Um, is it, uh, what's the uh, study group? I'm actually listening to an audible. Um, (laughs) so that is actually what I, nothing fun right now, but if I was to say what my favorite book is, I would say it's called Quiet by Susan, um, Kane. I would say that's probably like one of my favorite books, but unfortunately I'm not reading for fun at the moment. (laughs) All right. All right. So I will
0: ask you then. You talked about advice for your future self. I usually ask advice for your younger self. You and you and I were probably about the same age, so uh, <laughs> let's just go with that. Um, what's that piece of advice? That, what's that one piece of advice that you would tell the younger you, and why?
4: Younger me, and why? Um. I probably would just say, you know, um, everyone else is just trying to figure it out just like you girl, (laughs) uh, you are not alone. So kind of own the journey. Yeah. So that's what I would tell my younger self because, you know, it's so funny that (laughs) when I was younger, you, you thought you were supposed to have it all figured out by 25. And then 25 got here, and boy, was I surprised <laughs> And how much you don't know at 25. Um, so I, I, I would just say to my younger self that everybody is trying to figure it out. Um, and I realize that journey doesn't really change so much as you get older. Um, you're always trying to figure it out, and that's okay.
0: Love that. Love that completely agree all right look um this this brings us to the conclusion of our show <laughs> our show. Dun, 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 dun. there's no game prizes here but hopefully you all took away some really good uh notes some tips some great insight uh from talia this evening uh i will tell you or, or remind you all uh we do this every wednesday so we'll be back here again next week wednesday 8 p.m eastern time on 4 20 april 20th for those who uh like to keep track of that number numbering scheme. Uh, so next week we have Tom Brennan. Uh, most of you know Tom Brennan. If you don't, join us back next week and find out a little bit more about Tom. Uh, so moderators, I'll leave some final words for you. Any any final words before we get to
2: Tom? Talia, thanks for taking the time and you know sharing a little bit of your journey. I appreciate it and thanks for the insights.
0: Sure
4: thing,
1: thank
0: you. Yeah, Tyler, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Mom,
4: uh,
0: your, your sort of uh, nonprofit, your day job and everything else that you got going on in between uh, completely understand uh, the amount of work that you have and the demanding schedule that you have. So really definitely appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, to spend with us. Hopefully you got a lot out of this conversation because I know we all did and we enjoyed you uh, being here. Uh, Octavia, you wanna say something?
1: No, I was just gonna say, Talia knows like my heart's fluttering. So I'm super excited for everything that you're doing in your career and just being you, right? So this is my sister and my yachty. So I love you, Talia.
4: (laughs) Oh, I love you too. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Talia, I'll leave the final words for you and then we'll wrap.
4: Yes, thank you all so much. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, You know, if you have any additional questions, I'm also on Twitter, uh, Talia Parker underscore CO. Um, yeah, and I hope to kind of maintain, um, a, you know, a connection with you guys as time goes on. I'm sure we'll all cross paths again. Sounds
0: good. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you all. And if you want to hear the playback because you missed something, it should be available in a few minutes. Thanks, Talia. Have a good one.
3: Bye, Bye-bye. everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody.